Have you ever heard of the saying, the devil is in the details? Well, as a lawyer, I can tell you that when it comes to legal contracts, that saying couldn't be more accurate. Find out why. Welcome to the 46th episode of Legally Fluent Podcast, a series that equips you with the legal knowledge that you need in order to protect and grow your online coaching, expert, or service-based business. I'm here to break down intimidating legal concepts into simple, actionable steps that you can implement today. From behind-the-scenes secrets of successful online businesses to tried and true legal strategies, I've got you covered. And it doesn't matter if you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur. If you want to know a simple and proven path to flexibility, freedom, and creating more impact, you are in the right place. I am your mentor and host, Vena Berga Danimar, an online penal legal strategist, co-CEO of the Danimar household, a lawyer, and like you, an online business owner. Have you ever worked with companies? Probably you were hired as an in-house coach for their employees. This is exactly what happened to Sarah. She was a small business owner who offered coaching and consulting services to a big firm. And I will not mention the name of the firm for confidentiality reasons. Now, Sarah was thrilled and quickly got to work drafting a contract to formalize the agreement. However, a few weeks later, things started to go wrong. The company wasn't paying Sarah on time and the contact person she had been working with is no longer with the company. Sarah doesn't know if the contract will push through or not and she was left with a contract that was difficult to enforce. She was stuck in a frustrating and stressful situation. Now what went wrong? Well, it turned out that Sarah had failed to verify that the person she was working with had the legal authority to enter into the agreement on behalf of the company. And as a result, she had no legal recourse to enforce the contract that she made. She can't even get paid. And that's why I want to talk to you today about the importance of checking the proper parties when you are faced with a contract. It could be that a company gave you a contract or even a person, your client, or another coach gave you a contract and you need to review it. Now, it may seem like a small detail, but it can make a huge difference in protecting your rights and ensuring that your agreements are legally enforceable. And when I say legally enforceable, it means that your contract can be a source of rights and obligations. And a judge or a court can actually say that, hey, this is the agreement. We shall follow this agreement. Alright, so I have reviewed countless contracts in my life and one error I often see, especially in DIY contracts, is the proper designation of parties. Well, I even saw a lot of contracts where parties were not even mentioned. You see, these kinds of mistakes seem so harmless, but really, it can cause a lot of trouble. Now, let's say you are in Sarah's shoes and... You're about to sign a contract with a client company for a group coaching service for their employees. It's not enough to simply assume that the person that you are talking with has the authority to sign on behalf of the company. 
even if that person is the HR manager or even if that person is the president. You need to make sure that the person you are talking with is the right person who has the legal authority to enter into an agreement with you. So where do you need to check? One option is to look at what we call commercial registries or trade registers or if you are in the UK, the company house. They have a public record of all the companies that are registered within their jurisdiction and also a list of signatories. But what if the person you're talking with is not listed as a signatory? It is possible. In that case, what you need to ask is a proper board resolution or a secretary certificate to ensure that you're contacting or talking with someone who has the proper authority to bind the company. Now, trust me, you don't want to find out later on that you signed a contract with someone who wasn't authorized to do so. It's like marrying the wrong person. It is a disaster waiting to happen. And it's not just companies that you should be wary of. Now, a few years ago, my friend Maria, who is a freelance graphic designer, entered into a contract with an individual who hired her to design a website. Now, Maria made sure to include the client's full legal name in the contract, but she forgot one thing, to verify the address. She assumed that the client lived in the same city as her, but it turned out he had moved to another state. So when Maria finished the website and sent the invoice, the client disappeared. Maria tried to send demand letters to the address that she had on file, but they were returned to her as undeliverable. It was then that she realized her mistake. She didn't have the client's correct address, and she tried to track him down online, but the only information she had was his email address, which he no longer responded to. Now, Maria learned the hard way that it is crucial to make sure that you have a valid address for the people you're working with, or you could be left high and dry. Now, in my webinar on non-paying clients, I often tell my students that one cause of non-payment is clients ghosting you. And if you don't know where your client actually resides, you can be a victim of ghosting. You also don't want to find out that the person you thought you were contracting with is not using their real name or doesn't have a valid address. It's better to take a few extra steps up front to ensure that you have the accurate information than to deal with the headache of trying to track someone down later on. Now, I have another scenario for you. As a coach, collaboration with other coaches can be a great way to expand your offerings and reach new clients. However, when entering into a contract with another coach or another expert, it's crucial to make sure that all parties involved are properly named and identified in the contract. This includes not only the coaches themselves, but also any support staff or contractors who will be involved in delivering the services. By ensuring that everyone involved is clearly identified in the contract, you can help avoid any confusion or disputes down the line. So for example, if you're working with a team of coaches to offer a group coaching program, you want to make sure that everyone who will be involved in delivering the program is named in the contract. That way, 
There's no ambiguity about who is responsible for what, and everyone knows what their obligations and expectations are. Of course, it's natural to wonder why it's so important to be diligent about naming the proper parties in a contract. But the truth is, it can make a world of difference if you ever find yourself in a very sticky situation. Now think about it. If you ever end up in court over a dispute, you want to make sure that you have a solid case and the right person or people or companies are held accountable for fulfilling their obligations. It's not just about crossing your T's and dotting your I's. It's about protecting yourself and your business. So don't take any chances when it comes to contracts. Make sure you're doing your due diligence and getting the right parties on board from the start. If you're serious about protecting your business and ensuring the success of the agreements that you've entered, you need to take actionable steps. Now, first, make sure that you have all the crucial information about the parties involved, such as their legal names, their addresses, and contact details. It's essential to confirm the identity and legitimacy of the individual or companies that you're dealing with. Second, Double-check if the person or company you're collaborating with is actually existing or the person has the legal authority to enter an agreement with you. And lastly, ensure that every person or entity involved in the project or agreement is accurately named in the contract to avoid misunderstandings that can lead to disputes later on. In most cases, checking this information should not even cost you more than five minutes. Alright, so I know I packed a lot of information in this podcast. Feel free to repeat it if you think you missed anything. And share this episode with another entrepreneur. You will never know this information may save them from a lot of legal trouble in the future. Now, thank you for listening. And if you found value in this episode, please reach out to me in my social media account or leave a review. Your feedback means the world to me. And of course, don't forget to subscribe for more episodes like this. Until next time, keep experimenting and finding new ways to grow your coaching or online business. My goal in creating this podcast is to provide you with the necessary legal and entrepreneurial guidance so you can confidently run and scale your coaching, expert, or online business. Remember, it's not just about having a thriving business. It's also about having the peace of mind and security that comes with knowing that you're legally protected and you are compliant. So if you're ready to leave insecurity and fear behind and take your business to new heights, be sure to follow Legally Fluent Podcast and our social media account, Legally She Can. Together, we'll navigate the legal landscape and set you up for long-term success. Join me next week for episode 47 of this series. Until then, my preppy friend, take care, keep striving for your goal, and stay legally fluent.